I'm unapologetically fly. I don't wonder why. That's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Hi guys, welcome to Glitch the Code here on Iconic.com. I'm here with a new guest. Just met him through our, our mutual friend, even, Neil Sanders. His name's Kevin McKern. He's a doctor and a PhD, and he was the principal investigator at the Korean Brain Research Institute, which sounds way above my remit of understanding. But what we're going to talk about today is the origins of SARS-CoV-2 and um, your take on what you think's behind it. I know that some people think it came from the bat, the zoonotic um, origins of it, and there's something that you're saying that that possibly isn't the case. I think it's important for us to be open-minded to all of these things, guys, when we're watching this, to understand that people have different understandings and different knowledge levels of what this is. And I think it's really important to have people like Kevin on here to give us a different take on what, what could possibly be behind this. So, Kevin, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. So, Kevin, so, so what is your kind of understanding when this first broke out last year, a year ago almost, to in the UK almost to the day when we locked down but when you first started to see this maybe the rumblings in October of 2019 what were your first thoughts so um, I uh, had I, I let's put it this way I had an encounter with SARS-CoV-2 uh, in Korea um, this was myself and this was in end of November December time my laboratory was in uh, Daegu uh, South Korea it's in the middle of the city it's not a very few people will have heard of Daegu outside of South Korea um, I visited Daegu and then uh, I came back and within uh, like over the Christmas period got violently ill um, now uh, I'm not a medical doctor but I have a wealth of experience working in clinics uh, a lot of my work is used directly for neurosurgical interventions uh, in multiple neurological diseases and I uh, was struck by so I'm medically retired due to a head injury so I had a, a comorbidity as you would say and I um, luckily got through the worst aspects of the encounter with, with presumably SARS um, no one knew at the time everyone just thought it was or you know, seasonal flu or uh, what have you and um, but it it turned out that Daegu was the um, I didn't know this at the time um, we only found this out in retrospect Daegu was the seat of the Shincheoji cult Shincheoji cult is a large Christian cult in South Korea uh, the head thinks himself both the embodiment of Christ and Satan and um, we know that they were they had a uh, setup in Wuhan and they were flying people back and forth and you, like I say it's, I encourage everyone to go in and read find out about Shinchoji cult and how uh, that that was a super spreading event uh, across Southeast Asia so I knew that there was something going on and I had an inkling that um, oh something you know it took me many I'm still recovering from my encounter with uh, that pathogen and um but i could i could see the stuff coming out of china and i'm like okay this piqued my interest i'm trained to operate in all biosafety laboratory levels i work on non-human primates and um i could 
uh, once we found out that there was a uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology there, it doesn't take very long to look up and find that they do this work on uh, coronaviruses, that uh, I really sat up and started to try to follow everything that was that was going on and coming out of uh, Wuhan and China. And if I was to just summarize, so people just uh, pay attention for the, the for the first five minutes, okay? There's enough evidence now that has come out um, since the outbreak started that points to uh, Wuhan being involved and funded in um, dual-use technology, and that can be read as uh, also biowarfare capability. Now, does that mean 100% um, that what we're dealing with came out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology? No, it doesn't, but we can begin to put a probability onto uh, some of the events that occurred. And um, if people begin to understand that a trigger has been pulled on a uh, biowarfare device, then a lot of what you're seeing around the world begins to make a lot more sense. And what you're seeing right now is a classic keep people in the dark uh, scenario that all governments would do, uh, in especially in this sort of next generation warfare, where you're dealing with um, silent weapons for quiet wars. And this this is it right now. And the, the, the hard truth of the matter is, is that no one really knows what's going on. No one has any idea of the extent to which this pathogen can uh, impact individuals. And I guess the final point is, is that um, there is research coming out right now that's a year post the, uh, the outbreak emerging into public perception that indicates that everything about SARS-CoV-2 doesn't just point to vaccine development, it points to a very sophisticated uh, weapons platform that has um, delayed characteristics to it, not only the acute phases. Um, and the, I, I don't know if it, like, if you want to sort of start, I could, that's a opening statement. I don't know if mm. you want to have well, a question. At that yeah, point. yeah, from from that point, and, and it's, it's uh, you've, you've touched some really, really, uh, some really great areas that we'll go into, especially the weapons platform and, and what these vaccines are and what they actually are supposed to do and, and what their intention is but we'll come into that later on because it's further down the line i just want to get your take on what we were thinking when you first saw some of these videos coming out of people pop falling down in the street someone vomiting blood on a bus they seem to be quite absurd to someone like myself especially if we're not seeing that later on what were your thoughts of seeing these initial videos were they something that was genuine or something that some that people have latched onto and made something out of was it was it even part of it like what was going on it's just it's just data, but there was very specific behaviors that struck me because of the work that I do in my laboratory. And there, these were these, um, I guess you could call them the sort of happy hypoxics and uh, a, so that like they had, they, they report like a euphoria as the oxygen levels drop and, they, and uh, contamination behaviors. So I've spent over 20 years trying to recapitulate Tourette syndrome and um, those types of behaviors we see them in the clinic the spitting the licking of inappropriate objects the and it was those videos that caught my attention that were coming out of uh, China the spitting the licking and the, the rapid escalation 
of um, temper, if you like. So what, what, what would be defined as impulse control disorders at a neurological and clinical level. Um, so that's what caught my attention. And I remember in the lead up to becoming ill, that personally, I remember having a really short fuse and temper, but I'd be shouting at my kids when I was like, well, where'd that come from? And I think this was, you know, in retrospect, it's coming from the, uh, the assault that we know that this pathogen can now do to the brain and the, the nervous system. Like I say, it has multiple, multiple attack uh, vectors that it can use uh, to, to gain entry to the nervous system, both the peripheral and the central nervous system. And this is, you, know, you would have to be watching the literature very, very closely to keep all this in mind right now. So people have an idea of long hauler uh, syndrome, like this sort of myalgic encephalitis, uh, ME type condition, yuppie flu used to be called uh, a long time ago. That's the surefire sign of uh, a neurological assault, a rheological assault and swelling uh, within, the, within the central nervous system. Um, currently, you know, best, you know, what we can garner from statistics, there's, there's lies, damn lies, and then statistics, right? But 20% um, of people that come into contact with SARS-CoV-2 develop the, this long hauler syndrome. And the, uh, the, the long hauler syndrome, like I say, it's always been a mystery. And before, when you tried to go to a doctor, saying, oh, I haven't recovered from that virus you said I had. You were, especially in, the, especially in Britain, you got told to uh, get out, get some exercise, etc., and it, it was all in your head, right? Well, it, it is all in your head, but it's, it's a consequence of a very specific set of cascades uh, kicking into place that are there to, uh, well, essentially, they're, they're an adaptive mechanism, right? You've been injured, and like your, when your knee is inflamed, it's telling you stop running on me okay we need to stop and repair and that's what's happening with these long hauler uh, scenarios right now and i mean that would that would be bad enough but there's uh, there's another sting in the tail as it were with SARS-CoV-2 and I, 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 we'll get to that but um i'm not sure if i'm answering your question or not each time and i have a tendency to uh, talk no, no, you're 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 the expert in this, and I want to hear what you've got to say so I can learn from this. I'm open to any of these issues. I I don't know what's going on. I don't think anyone knows what's going on. It could be either way, and I think that's part of the part of the issue here is that everybody's in no man's land and no one knows what's going on. Would you see? Would you um, put down the kind of because everybody I speak to says this is a complete overreaction to what's happened. Um, and you're saying that this is the early stages of it. You see the reactions of shutting down businesses, locking down countries, and all of these things. Is that a separate issue? Is, have, have, have a government taken advantage of something here? And the, the, or do you see that as actually an appropriate action at the moment, so, or is it something they've um, taken advantage of? Let's let me be very clear. I've been anti-lockdown from the beginning. Okay, I don't I don't think that uh, lockdown is the appropriate. It's the appropriate strategic position to take, particularly if you're dealing with the consequences of dual use technology getting out of hand. And basically we've ratcheted up or we've gone down the, the rabbit hole towards 
conflict. Mm-hmm. The, many people just can't even um, imagine what, what that would mean in the 21st century. And like I say, the these types of agents, as, as we've come to know all too well, um, these they can tune them very, very uh, tightly to the types of properties that they want. And I'm um, so if you're get, if you're getting onto a war footing, uh, the last thing you do is shut down all your industries, etc. The problem is, is that in in the West, our industries now are just all service based industries and um, people going to cafes and shops. It's yep. um, there's there's very little in terms of um, keeping coal mines open, etc. That sort of thing. So. Um, uh, so uh, I, I had a very public stance right from the beginning, which was um, that the authorities should have been very more honest with what it was that they did and didn't know. And as you learn more about the networks that were involved in the or, or the, the networks surrounding the scientific research, let's say, uh, the public face of it, what what we've seen is a a, a colliding mess of conflicts of interest from individuals to institutes to essentially deep state apparatus that comes under the defense and science industrial um, mechanisms that we in, we in the West have, have developed, uh, especially since the Second World War. And um, would I, you know, I've been a, I've been a proponent of um, limit exposure as much as you can that's the best option anyone has right now is to limit exposure doesn't mean you don't see your friends and family because in a way that's your immune system Hmm. buffer if you like because it it can mean okay someone might get it but then it just passes on a small inoculum to the rest etc and um that that's a way of uh um making sure that uh, sort of threshold of immunity is reached within the uh, the population itself um so yeah i've been anti-lockdown i've been pro taking you know wear a good mask wear uh, be conscious of what it is that you're doing you know don't go tangling with uh, crowds in public and you know what we what we saw was just what looked like a um a, a spiraling and chaotic response where in the West, whereas in the East, the response was highly, you know, I live uh, in the East and we, um, I can tell you, we didn't shut down, okay? The school shut down for a few weeks, month, while we were sort of appraising what was going on and we were looking at the numbers and projections, but everyone here still wears masks. There's, um, you know, they, they don't, it's a non-contact culture in the public sphere so no shaking of hands basically bowing um ritualized washing cleaning etc that type of thing it's, um there's uh there's traits and behaviors in in the east that basically had inoculated them at the cultural level that in the west you saw the inherent contradictions of sort of western um ideology and the um the, the premise of you know, maximum freedom, the maximum amount of time, and then what happens is is that you get a bunch of competing uh, opinions, and then 
particularly at the beginning, what you saw was just an amplification of um, well, grifters and cranks pushing um, nonsense arguments that, to me, didn't look organic. So the idea that viruses aren't real and you haven't satisfied uh, the postulates required to prove the existence of, you know, all that stuff got pushed out very, very quickly and um, you know, take, you know, I don't know how, how you can mention the telecommunications uh, frequencies on your channel before they, uh, they'll take you down. All that type of stuff got amplified. But what did get shut down and what wasn't part of the debate or has been very little, uh, or hasn't been discussed very much, and, and like I said, I follow the UK and work from there originally, was this idea that um, this, this is dual use technology that's got out of uh, control. And like I say, we don't, the emperor has uh, no clothes on at the oh. current time. And, um, you know, in, in, a, in a civil defense posture, when, and you've got to understand that a lot of that civil defense um, standard operating procedure came from the Cold War, right? Where you just, the idea was to sort of keep the population placid till the missiles flew. Right. And then, you know, essentially it was over in days to weeks, if you to believe the, the projections. And then they come out and mop up afterwards any sort of, and then you can just instantiate martial law anyway. Yeah. Okay. But now are you going to ask something? No, 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 no. I'm just agreeing and I can get where you're going. Oh. So, um, and so now they can't, um, you know, you saw, I'll give you an example. If Obama had been in power when this uh, pandemic started, um, I can absolutely guarantee you that half of the United States would have been bunkered into their homes. They would have all been masked up and the store shelves would never have filled up because they would have been hoarding like crazy because um, they wouldn't have trusted the um, the narrative that was coming from uh, the powers that be. Because you had uh, Trump in office, there was uh, more, eh, you know, some there was some sort of direct approaches, but uh, uh, talk to about where it could have come from. But, you know, we, we can get into the, um, the United States role in uh, developing this type of technology. Uh, that's um, that's a long story in and of itself, but it's crucial to understanding what it, it how it is that we got to this uh, this point. And um, so, anyway, we've we've watched um, a multitude of different responses across the world, and we can see what does and doesn't work if we can be, you know, if we can figure out trends from the statistical data and you know in japan south korea taiwan um the number of infections there is sars cov2 here but they deal with it very very efficiently and it's not allowed to get endemic like it has in the uh in the west essentially and um what and what you've had what, what you've managed to achieve in the uk specifically is just uh, you had the amplifications of Andrew Kaufman's and and um, what's his name Brian Rose 
London, real. Um, there were a whole slew of individuals that came out saying this is nothing but the the power grab by the elites. Well, yeah, they're going to take uh, they're going to take the opportunity when it arises. That's a, that's a given. Um, it doesn't mean that there isn't a biowarfare, you know, twenty first century biowarfare agent um, rolling across the planet that we don't know. That literally they don't know how to deal with it, and that's why you're seeing the mass rollout of the treatment options that they're talking about, which is uh, dual use vaccination technology. But you're caught in a uh, you're caught in a pincer movement because you're stuck with the virus on one hand. Or the uh, the synthetic uh, approach to trying to vaccinate against it. Now, the the disease aspect, the acute aspect of the disease, um, it is um, troublesome. It has caused problems for many many people, and um, it's preyed on the weak, uh, particularly. Um, not only the old, but also those with um, learning disabilities. And to Britain's shame, um, Britain had a do not resuscitate on people, excuse me, who were considered um, uh, you know, learning disabled, mentally deficient, whatever you want to call it, uh, schizoid. But, but all those issues just point to uh, an organic problem in the in between someone's ears. And you know, a lot of that's linked to inflammation uh, in a lot of cases and just sort of where that inflammation is occurring in the in the networks that make up your brain. And, um, and so we know that those people were suffering higher death rates than um, you know the the rest of the population. Even though the rest of the population, you know, you could still see um, there's enough anecdotal evidence of the young being taken out, the young and healthy being taken out um, very very quickly. You know, yeah, most will survive, but let's say 20% are being left with long hauler type uh, syndromes, and that's just the acute phase of, and we're still in the exponential rise of the. Uh, the infection. Um, you're gonna you're gonna keep seeing numbers going up, and you're gonna keep seeing um, different populations uh, respond because you have to fact. There's so many factors that come into maintaining immunity, and what might be a resistant population to the first um, presentation of a virus isn't resistant. So uh, you talk about dual use technology there, um, and uh, so what do you mean by dual use technology, and and how how is that similar to you talked about the vaccines being dual use technology as well? So what do you mean by dual use technology? So dual use just simply means uh, technologies that could have a um, military or uh, civilian purpose, um, but dual use technology has come under particular scrutiny when being funded or researched because of the potential for them being funneled into um, weapons programs. And, you know, look, to cut to the chase around the weapons program issue, all the United States, Britain, France, you name the country, Israel, China, all have um, bio-warfare facilities. Um, Port and Down is the UK's 
public face of their weapons research. But um, the, the way that they do the research has changed um, from, you know, the... So during the Cold War, there was a um, very um, quick calculation made that unlike um, nuclear technology, which really does require uh, the state state-run apparatus to be able to make everything from start to finish right I mean, it's it's a hard job to refine nuclear fuel okay and you need uh, very sophisticated uh, technologies to do so um, the same is not the case with biowarfare agents and um, the problem with biowarfare agencies is there's this element of plausible deniability uh, I didn't. I didn't know I was carrying a bug. What's you know? We we sort of have this social contract, right? That we, yeah, you know, we live life and um, we we have this exchange of bugs. We there's a econ there's a uh, I was going to say uh, evolutionary, but it's an economic trade off as well. We under you know and you can wrap that in evolutionary terms. The um, the we understand that there's a risk to coming into contact with generally pathogens every day. We try to mitigate it, but we don't stop what it is that we do, that what we, or what we do for uh, normal, normal life. However, if um, if you were dealing with something that was um, uh, tweaked in some way that wasn't obvious, so um, say I produced a million rounds of ammunition. Okay, standard standard carbine and ammunition that you know even uh, even in the UK you can still get a hold of with the right licenses. Okay, but I put on I coat that in substances that just make it so that you're um, that can lead to uh, toxicity or pathogenicity. Okay, and um, you know to for, for people to be, or, or people who are sitting and shaking their heads thinking that viruses can't exist and they can't be changed, etc., just they need to wake up. There's billions of trillions of dollars being poured into their research and their ability to be tweaked. It's understood at a very, very fundamental level now that even wasn't around 20, 30 years ago. Um, we're in we're in far more different times, and the problem is someone now with a master's degree and a few hundred thousand to spare um, can easily get hold of the um, the technology required to start just tinkering with stuff to make it more pathogenic, right? And let's not look at viruses. Let's just think of bacteria. You could you could start weaponizing bacteria if you wanted to. Again, you you there's a fuse on these things or, or a, a detonation time that you know that there's a push pull between immunity and the and the spread of it and hygiene etc. All these all these things are factors. Yes, um, but the um, the molecular biology that we're seeing in SARS-CoV-2, and I've, I've spoken at length about these. And I'm, I'm happy to have longer than an hour if you want to go into the. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We can go a little bit longer than an hour. That's fine. Um, 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 so, uh, so when we're talking about gain of function, what are what are we? 
talking about specifically with respect to SARS. So SARS as a pathogen was first identified in Guangdong province in China uh, 2002. Um, again, uh, keep in mind, so this is another thing that people just don't bring into the, um, the conversation very often, um, that China has a stated policy of what's called unrestricted warfare. And this ties in, they, they have um, a stated aim of using bio-warfare for an offensive capability. In the West, as I was, I think before we got cut off before, I was mentioning that um, we, we had, um, we'd come to an arrangement where we understood from the Cold War, it was a zero-sum game, and far quicker zero-sum game than mutually assured destruction through uh, missile technologies that require ever escalating uh, technical prowess in order to overcome your enemy, yeah. right? Whereas biological agents are, are the uh, lowest common denominator in that in that equation. And we we'd sort of made it agree agreements with ourselves because look, our, um, our rich and powerful don't mind selling, uh, telling the youngsters to go off and fight their wars so they can pump their stock prices. Um, but once uh, once they feel a whiff of that existential fear, then you'll see all kinds of treaties being brought into place to make sure that uh, them and theirs are not exposed uh, to the current or, or, or to the uh, the ravages of uh, the warfare, if you like. And um, it didn't take the ruling classes very long after the First and Second World War to realize that, oh, uh, we can't be had, you know, it's not... Um, Polo, polio, polo, polio. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's, uh, neat, yeah. Uh, right, that's, uh, um, and uh, you know the officer class going and um, to the far flung corners of empire and uh, squashing a rebellion of the locals. It's it it became much more personal and visceral uh, when your countryside estate is being bombed from the air, um, and it's the same now where you it, where um you are in a situation where oh suddenly your your walled mansion is not so impenetrable anymore because you can't see these uh, you don't know who's at risk to you yeah right so this is where there are all these there's a lot of um mechanisms in place that people built in you know there's a lot of people before us that came here that just had to wrestle with the uh the moral dilemma of what all these things mean um and we found a way around it which is that we said we would we would research them not it was more put under the guise of defense right so we would want to be able to spot if someone was using bio warfare agents and um and so we we and this is uh, where we can bring into the story uh, eco health alliance peter dazak uh, ukrainian uh, British individual uh, who's now resident in the uh, US but um, and people say oh yeah we know about the the money that's gone from uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases through EcoHealth to Wuhan Institute of Virology. Problem is is that that's just a tiny fraction of the research funding that um, EcoHealth Alliance has uh, received and they've received it through um, the Department of Defense, Defense Threat Reduction Agency. And EcoHealth is just the public face of one facet of this very, very sophisticated machine that's evolved to get round 
the uh, offensive biowarfare capabilities. And look, even even those um, even those agreements in the Cold War, they didn't matter because the Soviet Union would still was still pushing ahead with um, mass anthrax production, and we didn't find that out till the end of the the collapse of the Soviet Union. Right? It's and you know for every I think it was for every ton that we made, they were making a thousand tons of anthrax. Right, so it's, it's a ridiculous number. I can't remember precisely, but the um, the the problem is, is that um, with the um, the egos of scientists and the financial demands of institutes fueling as well um, these uh, programs, because the Department of Defense realized that it's much cheaper and far more efficient to farm out projects with, with seed money all the time to universities, etc., and they get all these bright young graduates and assistant professors writing grants and feeding them in that they can then peruse at their ledger and say, well, we this is where we need to patch up and advance our technology, for example. And so what we've seen in, in respect to uh, virus research is this farming off into non-profit organizations and NGOs. And that's what EcoHealth Alliance is. I encourage everyone Find out who EcoHealth Alliance is. Find out who Peter Dazak is. Look, go into exactly who it is, and um, you're going to find out about mass, con huge conflicts of interest. Peter Dazak is on the World Health Organization team that went to China um, a few weeks ago and did the Potemkin Village tour of their uh, facilities, including the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where Peter Dazak has had a 15-year collaboration with those researchers going into that. Um, looking into the, this very specific problem, and you know, it, it's we get into we get into a um, uh, well, it's just a showcase of the absurd. Because what happens in that particular instance is that um, the they go there, they have two hour meeting, and say, "Did you do you have any evidence to say that you you know was this you?" that did the, this research? No, okay, that's, and that's what happened. And now the World Health Organization becomes the de facto source for being able to speak publicly about this particular issue. At the same time, or not not the same time, but pr prior to this, and as, as the pandemic was breaking out, there was a concerted effort across scientists and institutions, particularly in the United States, the Scripps Institute. This is a, this is a, a very influential uh, paper in the field right now, the proximal origin of SARS-CoV-2, um, which argued that it had to be a spillover event because there was no evidence of genetic engineering uh, in SARS-CoV-2. But it's a, it's a nonsense argument in with respect to the current state of the art in the molecular biology field. There's seamless technologies with which to start um, chopping and changing these viruses. And um, we have Peter Dazak on record specifically stating that they routinely swap in and out the spike proteins on this vi on these viruses that they find. And what what do they do? Is they go out into the field, into the jungles, and they they go and sample from wildlife to find different uh, reservoirs of different um, viruses. They bring them back to the laboratory. They then go through all these steps of um, gain of function research, and they come out and they just 
systematically just keep testing it for more pathogenicity, different traits, and then they can they can sequence it and then just learn every gene sequence that could be associated with being causal to a particular molecular pathway and uh, expression that it would have at the uh, biological and behavioral level. Um, this is, uh, it's not, <laughs> it's not rocket science. Uh, it's, it's molecular biology and virology science that we're dealing with. And it's very, very advanced. It's very well funded. And there's billions of dollars up for grabs for whoever be, is able to develop the next gen of either sequencing equipment, diagnostic equipment, et cetera, et cetera. And right now we're looking at a, um, a state where, um, you know, there's lots of talk of things like great resets and Klaus Schwab and fourth industrial revolutions, all, all this kind of thing. Yes, that's all, that, that's all true. Um, it doesn't mean that in that instance that those people, if they would be so psychopathic and sadistic to rise to the very top that those organizations are, wouldn't be uh, averse to using a uh, an agent like SARS-CoV-2, okay? That's, um, it's uh, dangerous, but unpredictably dangerous. It's not a binary as to what happens when you come into contact with it. And that's as a consequence of the just the genetic um, complexity that uh, individuals have. So you said so, that it was um, unpredictably dangerous. I just want to point that bit out. So to, for it to be unpredictably dangerous, how could they predict and um, and roll out an mRNA vaccine if if the, they don't know what they're dealing with? What what sense does that make to someone like common that someone who's commoner like me doesn't understand? If you don't know the outcome, how can you treat it? Well, they they know that um, they're going to. So what's the MR, all these next generation vaccines, right? So everyone's got an idea of what previous generation vaccines were supposed to be, which is you presented an antigen of some kind, be it the uh, weakened or killed um, bacteria or virus mm -hmm. or a fragment of that virus. You injected it into the circulation and the body would react to that antigen and hopefully confer immunity. Now, um, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine by any stretch of the imagination. I've used many. I have to have many to work at the level that I do yeah. in all the facilities that I've worked in. It's not, um, I'm not anti-vaccine by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but there's a, there's a limit to uh, vaccines and a limit to the number of diseases that are amenable to treating with vaccine technology or previous generation technologies. The mRNA vaccine is what we would call next generation tech um it's the it's a gene therapy it's based on gene therapy now the legal um wording in the uh, documents has been uh, fudged that even that even though it's using the same techniques as gene therapies so you want to so so there's biologics for like cancer treatment where you want to go in and try and silence genes and you'll tar you'll use mrna uh, type approaches with you know wrapped in lipid nanoparticles etc this is all stuff that's uh, extant technology um, and you try to acquire a set of genes and gene expressions so you, your your ability to overcome the tumor and stop its its growth is uh, tilted in your favor so your immune system takes out the tumor as sure. it were it recognizes it, uh, maladaptive uh, cellular processes and does its job. Um, 
in the, in the case of a vaccine, all they're doing in this particular case, it's not altering your chromosomal DNA in any way, shape or form. What it's doing is it's going in and it's giving foreign genes and making your cells express those proteins. Okay. So in, in effect, it's just a, um, you've kind of done the virus's job for it by putting in the spike into the part of the virus's job, I should say, because it wants to replicate. It yeah. has a genetic payload that it wants to integrate into your cells as their obligate parasites, and then it uh, engages in a expression that um, enables it to keep and keep propagating. And like I say, there's a the deep questions about what that means with respect to life and everything. But we're not in a situation where we can be having that discussion um, that that we left that platform a long, long time ago. And um, now it's all about um, uh, getting around the perception management and the uh, the those those that would always profit from these situations um, when they're um, when they're being exposed to well you know when they should be speaking up and you know it takes takes courage to stand up and speak up about these things people people will lose funding etc and that's a lot of what we're dealing with that's how these institutes have managed to get away with subverting the scientific process and it, it was so egregious that at the beginning of the year um as as the pandemic began to take a hold this group orchestrated by EcoHealth and taking 27, maybe even more uh, signatories for a Lancet paper said that if you question the spillover hypothesis, you're a conspiracy theorist. Okay, you're, you're delving into the realms of conspiracy. And they had these papers um, set up very, very quickly. The proximal origin paper, which said, oh, this looks like it's a spillover event from um, pangolin, maybe. And then from there, they, they, they had this very coordinated uh, set of movements that was there for perception management. Okay? Otherwise, there would have been no toilet paper for anyone anyway, right? That's the, <laughs> that's the thinking, right? And, um, it, but it's also just a cover your ass type thinking because all these people, you know, Peter Dayzak's an individual, and right now he knows that his neck is on the line for he's the front man who took all that money and all that scientific clout and all the trimmings that came with it. But, you know, that it was a Faustian pact, as it were, because the truth will always come through. And there's a um, everything that they do is under intense scrutiny. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the strengths of science is that, you know, there's a lot of people that get to high enough levels that we can turn around and look at stuff and say, ah, you know, that that doesn't. Um, accord with uh, you know, principles of you know the speciality that I deal with. So let's step back to the uh, the virus itself and the spike protein and talk about gain of function because it's important. To, before I start talking about the vaccines, it's important sure. that we establish that in the spike protein of the uh, virus is a uh, series of molecular signatures which um, do. Um, point to uh, manipulations that have been made, and the the primary one is uh, what's called the furin cleavage site, and people will have become familiar with that maybe if they've um, tried to delve into it. And it's 
part of the so there's two one receptor that people will be very familiar with that they've heard of which is called the ace2 receptor that's where SARS-CoV-2 binds on to the um uh, the molecular sorry the uh, cell surface and you have all these proteins that stick out and you know depending on the uh, shape of these proteins will allow for the virus to latch on now what we know is is that you can have uh, furin cleavage sites we, we see them in other um, genesis of uh, viruses etc and um, they're they're not um, completely foreign to the molecular biology world in fact they're well understood and they're 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 understood to be able to uh act as a site where it's essentially it's like being so the virus has latched on and by having this furin cleavage site it it gets cleaved so split by this other enzyme on the cell surface this furin and then that enables the uh the virus to get a good a good grip onto the surface of the cell that it's it's bumped into and inject its um genetic payload into the cell yep. so um that furin cleavage site instantly people pointed at it and said hang on a minute this sequence of amino acids doesn't belong in this uh clade of viruses in this family of viruses right um there are there are similar uh, mechanisms in Middle Eastern respiratory viruses, but it's in a very different um, family. It's it's separated very very starkly in in the phylogenetic uh, tree. And um, what so as people looked at that, the proximal origin of SARS-CoV-2 tried to argue that that furin cleavage site was oh it's there naturally, and um, they made a prediction with something called. Um, O-linked glycans as being uh, indicative of um, it being passive or it being exposed to immune systems, and you'll find these O-linked sh sugar basically around this site that would indicate that it's a um, it hasn't been or it, it's been passed through organisms such that it's had to defend that the virus has had to defend it. The spike protein defends itself with sugar, right? That's what the glycoprotein is basically it's sugar protein and the sugar is like uh, a winding around it that just limits uh, attack from the immune system so in in this particular instance the uh, the furin cleavage site okay it's it's attaching to furin it's a well-known mechanism but what happens is when you start lining up the amino acid sequences of this furin cleavage site and you look at the codons that the code for it they're extremely rare codons okay and the sequences when you take the flanking amino acids on either side of it as well um, makes it synonymous meaning the same as rabies neurotoxin okay and this is like i said this is just this is established scientific fact now Okay. Now I'm I'm familiar with rabies. I've had to take many uh, rabies vaccination shots in my life because of working with rabies virus in labs that use rabies virus, especially in non-human primates. Non-human primate will bite you, and we we use um, these viruses as a means to trace out anatomical networks in the brain because they have this capacity to jump from synapse to synapse. Okay, and that jumping allows us to um, explore in three dimensions what um, you know from cortex to, to deep networks and back in, it's all network analysis it's um, but it's well established 
Um, so we we find this synonymous um, matching of um, sequences, and uh, it's a um, it, it lines up with rabies neurotoxin. Well, that's kind of fortunate, right? So now you've got three modes of interaction with biology, as it were. And this, the, and this, before we even get into the details of molecular biology, there's another point that just needs to be taken on board here, which is that SARS-CoV-2, if it was a spillover uh, event, as understood through millennia of us interacting with nature, we know that there's a ramp up with these outbreaks, especially the crossover when it goes from species to species, because there's a trade-off between um, being success, being able to infect and then having the, the legs, as it were, to make many uh, copies of yourself. Yeah, but SARS-CoV-2 comes out of the gate highly tuned for human beings, not only highly tuned for the uh, upper respiratory and lower respiratory um, system. I've been arguing very vociferously for a year now that it's uh, it's a highly adapted neurotropic agent that goes for the the brain okay and this is we knew we knew SARS had this potential right it was it had been defined as a uh, opportunistic central nervous system uh, pathogen that if it could get in there it would but the animal studies were already very clear that it had this potential to get into the brain once you add in the furin cleavage site what that does is it increases what's called tissue cell tropism, meaning that a virus usually is only able to grow in a few types of tissues. Okay, and then it's, you know, that's why it's a, the Celestial Design Committee, let's just call it that, gives us all these defenses, right, different types of tissues, etc. And they're, they're all susceptible to different types of uh, infection, say. Um, and what you're dealing with is um, this furin cleavage site makes it um, grow in m many more tissues, so including the central nervous system. Well, okay, that's you could still kind of argue, even though we've stepped outside the realms of evolutionary, excuse me, biology, um, and these molecular mechanisms are understood very, very well. And so this is a just slight offshoot, but the molecular mutation rate in SARS-CoV-2 shows that it probably came into existence three three months before we were really talking about it october november um october uh time in uh wuhan uh, or in china uh the head of eco health was visiting along with his uh vice kevin olival and also uh in wuhan itself the uh world military games was occurring yeah okay and um, so there's there's just this ever more increasing confluence of events, whether at the molecular level or the social level, which just at, at the face of it, you just say, OK, we've, we've stepped out of um, normal, predictable models here. We're in this you know, the black swan type um, yeah. event, if you want to just think in terms of probabilities. Um, so we've got this we've got this whole sequence of events we've got people and organizations that seem to be privy to the information controlling narratives freedom of information acts have fingered um the networks in the united states we know who they are um how public ones how much we'll get into the 
DOD and what have you I, will remain to be seen. And we stand no chance trying to penetrate into the inner workings of the uh, the Chinese Communist Party and their uh, their systems and what have you. It's um, us as the public, uh, all we are are just little limpets on the side of rocks trying to cling on as waves come crashing in and out. And all my, I say, my advice to everyone is just hang tight right now and just um, just because you've got a break of sunshine doesn't mean there's another big wave coming in to crash down uh, on top of you, right? So uh, <laughs> the, the shellfish analogy, you, know, you, you clump <laughs> up against the rock, right? And yeah. just be trying, try and keep safe, keep your family safe and um, what have you. Um, so we've got all these, uh, we've got this rolling confluence of events that looks, uh, you know, in hindsight, highly suspicious. Like, and it's just, it's just that the, the um, public science is is so good at keeping up with it. So, we have this furing cleavage site, which has this neurotoxic epitope as well. Okay, that that then raises major red flags, right? Because you could kind of argue that the um, that the furing cleavage site could have come there through some sort of uh, recombination events. Some something happened in the wild that we don't know about. The pangolin, uh, pangolin fucked the rat or or the bat, or something, something bonkers like that yeah. happened, and th th we end up with what we've got right now. Um, but then you find out, oh no, it's it's tuned to have this property that's um, highly uh, neurotoxic, and it goes for the it's, they're called cholinergic receptors. Right. So part of uh, rabies, a neurotoxin method, is to um, uh, propagate along uh, nerve pathways, and it uses these acetylcholine receptors to to bind and uh, invade uh, particular cell lines. Well, that has um, consequences because of it, and pharmacological consequences that we can look at. And once you understand that aspect of it, uh, again. Once you look at what's going on around the world right now, you can then see that it's a oh the the lockdowns kind of make more sense from a civil defence footing rather than a dealing with the flu, and the uh, the effects that people are having make more sense once you understand that there's uh, a neurotoxic element embedded into SARS-CoV-2 that isn't normally understood to be there even with SARS or you know flu or etc you know if you have rabies you've got rabies right and if you don't get treated for it it's 99.9 percent .9 lethal um that's why we go to great lengths to avoid rabid animals right we, you know, the human beings have learned you put the rabid dog down mm. right you don't let it hang around the camp um so uh we're we're at a point now where um, we understand the molecular biology of this agent that we're dealing with. And, and like I say, I'm, I'm airbrushing huge chunks out of this story because you know, there's lots of, you, know, you have to say, well, you know, are they being published, et cetera? And, um, you know, we've got to go off the published work. Well, uh, yeah, and under normal circumstances, I would, I would argue that that's the case as well. Um, you know, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. But um, a year down the path now, it doesn't look any uh, any more sane to me. In fact, uh, it just looks worse. 
and as we hear news of them lining up to jab babies uh, with um, these new uh, dual-use vaccines, mm. okay, because that's what they are. They're, they're vaccines designed to operate in a theatre of war where these pathogens were predicted to be used. Okay, that's that's why that's why we went to such great lengths to make sure that they, you know, it was bloody hard to get a hold of them and and to use them in a way and and how we have this effort where we can molecularly fingerprint pretty much what's you know what's happening and how we can point to um, these these agents and say okay this doesn't fit what we understand to be the the, the domain of uh, virology or epidemiology etc and um, SARS-CoV-2 is not fitting the epidemiological narrative right now either um, so it's uh, it followed the uh, the kinetics of like a fl uh, flu virus to begin with yeah like seasonal flu right so everyone's like ah, you know it's just a flu bro okay well um a, a, a bullet has a ballistic uh, trajectory to it okay that we can say okay we understand and you can if you stand uh downrange at this distance it's the chances of it hitting you etc it's not it's not going to be a problem um, but if we put something, let's say, uh, well, how about depleted uranium shells, right? And, um, well, okay, you can be downrange of the shell impacting, but then you're breathing in all the radioactive dust mm. that the, the shell makes, okay? And this is what we're dealing with with SARS-CoV-2, with this um, gain-of-function uh, uh, or, or neurotoxic uh, sequence that's embedded in it that's not going away okay. so, and, so when it comes to uh, the get that gain of function thing so you're kind of what you're saying i think for anyone who can't who's not following is that you've got the initial path was kind of like a flu-like respiratory symptoms but there's another stage and possibly another stage after that where this changes into something else and and reacts in a different mm -hmm. way so we're talking about the neurologically you're talking about the licking and the hissing and stuff like that and the anger which i think is well, kind those, of maybe those, those the, are, those are acute those are still the acute okay components with infection okay okay but the neurological aspect is being ramped up that's what we saw at the beginning it's why people have spun out of control you look the, the the chaos socially is everywhere and you can find the fingerprints of it within whichever population that you want to look at gun crime is up violent crime is up mm. suicide is up um and maybe say well that's because of lockdown well, no, that's happening in places where even lockdown didn't happen. This is what okay, I'm saying. Just... Oh, what you, you, there's, a, there's a book by Stephen King, of all things. This might sound ludicrous to say this, but it was called Cell, and it was something similar that would pass through cell phones. I read it years ago, and it seems like something similar. I'm just trying to kind of make it into a level that people can understand. So that kind of anger came out of this thing. So do you look at the ramping of anger, the correlation of people destroying each other, the splits and divide? That's what we're going to see. What sort of things are we going to see as this goes on? Is that, that makes sense? What I'm trying to say. Yeah, all 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 of those things. So um, at the beginning, I mentioned impulse control disorders. So yeah. this, this is these are controlled by the limbic networks of the brain. This is where excuse me, where you develop emotion and feeling, and how you and all of that love, joy, fear. All all of this is controlled by these networks in the brain. And once they start misfiring, then you get pathological expressions of each emotion. Okay. Now. Um, 
sort of gritty um drive has an anger element to it and we've we've utilized that and honed it in the west to the nth degree and not only used it at a natural level we've amped it up with pharmaceuticals to the nth degree whether you're on antipsychotics or um you know mood and mood stabilizers to uh, steroids even yeah. you know, just think how widespread steroid use is nowadays compared to uh, 20 years ago 30 yeah. years ago right everything is just getting ramped up and ramped up so people are on a finer and finer edge where the, the brain is all about suppression suppression of behaviors okay you don't want abnormal behaviors coming through because you'll stand out and um a lot of the time uh we you want to keep quiet right because you'll alert yourself to predators or you'll alert the animal that you're hunting that you're coming yeah. right so learn to learn to you don't take the tourette kid with you hunting because you're not gonna you're not gonna catch anything right so that's the you know there's a reason why these uh, we find them but you know the tourette kid can develop other um other traits that can be useful you know we we, we kind of have this trade-off with all these um all these different aspects of uh, our being and and so um it the acute phases uh are defined i would say m more by this asymptomatic stage and likely this ramping up of people's frustration and and once you add in money worries and mm. stresses on families etc then you're just twisting the knife and people are going to break so much more easily um it only took a year of doing that before people are clamoring for the 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 break from the um the, the lockdowns etc because they can't handle it and um and to a point where they'll they're accepting of whatever it takes to yeah. to restore normality and and now you're getting this faustian pact with uh corporations that are just there saying well you know we'll we'll make it so and it, like i say it's not a sterilizing vaccine what you're getting it's just to make the uh the most uh a, a acute symptoms of sars cov2 um not express right you can still you can still transmit and carry SARS-CoV-2 and as it's such a uh, tenacious beast um we um and we're not and again this is why this is why where you see why the mass testing has emerged right they, they they don't want to waste money on testing do you think they really want to do that you think the nhs wants to burn through millions of pounds every day just on on testing everyone they're not doing it for your benefit they're doing it for the benefit of the few at the top so they can track where this weapon is is progressing through the population so they can say okay um well, I, I, I will uh, try and um keep myself to myself you know whatever get the right. You know, gamble more on the stock market. Whatever it is those fuckers do, I don't know, right? The, but they're, they're not. Um, they're not. Uh, uh, it's not being done for your benefit. Okay, it's uh, it's a. You have to think big picture and um, on, and you have to think across multiple dimensions and across multiple axes to try to figure out what it is that you're looking at. And like I say, once you manage to get the optics right, with oh, we're looking at. Uh, the escape of dual-use technologies, and um, we're we're dealing with a uh, a pathogen that has this um, 
sting under its uh, you know normal uh, plumage, as it were. If we were just looking at a, a bird, you know, if you imagine coming across a sort of flightless bird, and you say, "Oh, cute thing," and it's you know it looks like a a robin, right? It's small, it's got bright red chest, and um, it looks cute, and it'll even sort of walk up to you, right? And uh, it's, it's oh, cute little robin, right? But if that robin is capable of pecking you with a, a uh, you know, deadly neurotoxin, and you know, you, you you might brush that one off and hurt that one, right? But hiding behind all the rocks is a thousand other of those little birds that that one got you with a little peck, right? And you're going to get so far down the down the path, and they know that there's a meal coming, and they're going to just start mm. following behind you, as it were, right? This is uh, this is the way you've got to start thinking in in, in these terms. And so, um, you know, human beings have understood that at some level, and um, we've, like I said, you've gone, we've gone for gain of function, and we cloaked it in trying to do to predict um, pandemics, etc., and all, all this nonsense. Um, but what what it did was bring, they went and fetched those pathogens from the wild, where you know they would argue, oh, you know, the, they're going to go out, and the farmer will eat the bat, bring right? it back, yeah, and <laughs> and. and that will cause the the pandemic whereas no that well that that does happen but there's we accept that as part of the noise of people getting sick in the mm. the balance not balance but the the dynamics of the ecosystem we live in so um we're we're looking at um something that's already very suspicious just after you know within a year of looking so it took years of um, study or not study or just the internet sort of gearing up to say well you know 9-11 looked a bit sketchy didn't it where you know I think it was in the last year that we got a report where they said oh you know that that yeah. doesn't the, the physics just doesn't fit what uh, we saw with uh, I can't remember which building it was but I mean you know it's it's, it's gone now right you're, you're not changing uh, the past as it were um, and so we're we're at this point now where uh, we have to say, okay, it looks suspicious, and we we can track this very easily at this level, and that's why I've been. Let's say I went sort of public from. I would be hidden normally, um, but for uh, I was like, oh well, I'm just watching chaos unfurl here. I mean, I'm not watching what's supposed to be uh, the care of Judy from scientists. As I did my job, right? <laughs> I was just like, what's, what's going on here, right? And even just the mask issue, right? If you want to wind back the clock when jerome adams the surgeon general stood up in front of the people of the united states with anthony fauci behind him and said we don't you don't need masks it's it's not going to help you etc they they knew they were lying at that time they, that was a bold-faced lie to the american public because at the same time that was happening because the chinese had already been dealing with sars cov2 for quite a few number of months Right, and tried to tell people that it wasn't humanly uh, infectious through the World Health Organization. They'd been grabbing PPE from everywhere all over the globe and having it shipped back to China, even though they sort of make it for themselves. They nationalized all the factories like 3M so that, so that American companies couldn't ship uh, PPE back when the, when the demand ramped up. So they, they stood there and lied to the American people saying, you don't need masks. Right. Whereas what should have been the honest take was, uh, we don't know what this thing is. Um, we need the masks. Uh, we need uh, the frontline workers need those masks. Um, here's what you do. And they should have showed them 
make a mask like this avoid contact with people that you don't know make a mask and avoid getting it uh into uh you know into your household let's say and um and they didn't do that and they've allowed it to get endemic and now what you're seeing is is you're seeing the um the the first parts of the uh the the ballistics of this weapon let's put it in there so people understand ballistics so the first wave has gone through and people are like well you, you know florida and what have you they haven't shut down everyone's fine okay and they're, they're going to uh, the bars have opened and they're allowing this thing to spread etc well in, you know even if it's got this uh, neurotoxic epitope um yeah you know we know not to we know not to intubate you now we'll we'll try and get you through yada 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 um what's come out in the last few months in the scientific literature is highly disturbing and that is that within the receptor binding motif and this this was in the literature the molecular literature very quickly right because they could computationally make the prediction as to what these um what these uh, proteins would would behave like and it's it's a huge Industry. Look, we're, we're in an age where we had the, you know, it was a big, big um, uh, point in uh, computational power that we'd solved the folding problem in biology of how proteins had uh, form functional uh, shapes when, you know, by all accounts, they should basically fly apart like sort of poorly made, uh, like a poorly made Chinese watch. Right? <laughs> but, um, uh, and the, you know, the, because it's it's got you have to think that it's under compression and tension all the time, right? And as you're trying to wind the the protein together, it's you know, it wants to the energies wants to sort of uh, fight it this way. Sure. So um, you know, so we've got to this point where um, we we can say that there was a couple of pieces of work that sort of popped up, and they've stayed on the preprint servers. Right. There's two, there's two papers that I can think of, Tets and Tets, and uh, let me just find the it's German group, um, which showed that there's a prion genesis capacity to the spike protein. Okay, now what do I mean by prion genesis capacity? Well, prion genesis disorders are things like Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, bovine spongiform encephalopathy, and for those that just want it in uh, crude English, mad cow disease. Okay, and um, so now we're looking at something where, okay, a uh, misfolded uh, or a prion genesis site is not unknown within the uh, biological domain. Okay, we know these things exist. It's it's a big, um, it's a big computational product uh, project to map all these elements within within the environment. So you know we can see how this could cause mis protein misfolding. Protein misfolding is an integral component in Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, Lewy body dementia, uh, multi-system atrophy. Virtually all, all neurodegenerative disorders that we know of are associated with uh, the misfolding of proteins. But how do, the, how do the proteins become misfolded? Well, there's a phenomenon called the prion cascade. So the um, you cause and prions are infective these diseased 
proteins are infective. And like I say, you can you don't have to go back far in uh, living memory to remember all the cows stumbling around and um, and trust me, that was real. Okay, <laughs> that that mad mad cows are real. Chronic wasting disease in deer is real. Okay, all all of that is um, real, and we can uh, infective prions are a um, prime suspect in in the genesis of these disorders okay now by now you're probably thinking oh this is just it's too nuts of a story to um it can't be true like it, it's just too many it's too many again all these um amazing confluence of events coming together so now now we're telling the public oh you're going to be dealing with mad cow disease now as a consequence of SARS-CoV-2, and this is, I would, I would bet money that people at the very top who had, who were able to get hold of this data straight away and understand what, who knew where the money was going. Well, let's, I'll walk that back. Um, don't, don't assume that these people at, at the governmental levels have any um, concept beyond the uh, what's told them. You think Boris Johnson is sitting there studying yeah. molecular biology absolutely and not. yeah yeah uh, uh, <laughs> i'm getting a bit bit parched <laughs> no i mean obviously my, my, my computer's beeping at me it's clearly um a couple more questions before we wrap we have to wrap it up but um so the, the one i wanted to, uh, to ask you is what so say this has a second phase a third phase and a third phase and it comes around you've got over as you say the the, the prime the first phase of it what we're we looking at? What signs are we looking at that, that are going to come in the, maybe the next next twelve months, according to what you're you're proposing? So, um, the scientific literature and all the data points to a. Well, I hate to use the word pandemic, but uh, let's let's just say a uh, a, a mass increase in um, neurodegenerative disorders, and like I say, because of the exposure type that we're we're talking about here. Um, so how's how you get how you get infected? What people don't seem to understand is that it's not just a um, uh, aerosolized like flu respiratory condition. It get you through the gut as well. Okay. And you know, the, and it can climb from the nerve fibers in your gut into your brain. Okay, and this is this is how we see. You know, there's a phenomenon called BRAC staging in the neurosciences, where we can see these protein aggregations uh, develop this pattern as your body is exposed over the lifetime, and you build up these misfolded proteins that travel up the vagus nerve into the into the brain, and from there, from your brainstem into into the rest of your brain, and and you know you, we've all got a grandparent who's you know, if the cancer doesn't get you or the heart attack doesn't get you, the Parkinson's or the Alzheimer's will. I, I miss stroke in that, but um, oh. but <laughs> this um, this is very likely on the horizon. Now, why would I say that? Well, um, within the scientific literature, although there was uh, a few papers which uh, indicated that there was a prion genesis component in SARS-CoV-2. The animal studies that have been done have indicated that um, in humanized mice, so this is mice where you take the embryo and you implant uh, human cells in, and they'll they'll grow uh, human receptors on their on their lung tissue. Okay, 
all of those animals die even with without a um you know the acute what we understand to be the acute phase of the disease the um the everyone thinks it's a viral pneumonia it's not a viral pneumonia it's this adapted neurotropic agent that's was making a beeline for your brain what's happening in the brain of the mice they're dying from encephalopathy when you say well you know that's humanized mice what what do we you know that's 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 not a natural um you know it's a chimera right so you know maybe it's it's a artifact of using the chimera uh, technologies so uh i'm saying in the last month to six weeks that we had uh paper come out from a dutch group um looking at primates macaques this is the gold standard in uh in science in neuroscience we use these animals because they recapitulate so closely to to humans okay um in the macaques every macaque exposed to SARS-CoV-2 even though they were generally considered asymptomatic or only presenting with mild symptoms right all had Lewy body aggregations far in excess than what you see in what you see in the control animals. Lewy body aggregations are the signal that you've got this protein misfolding going on. It's the um, you have to think of it as like crud in the kettle building up as you boil water all the time. And prions cause this molecular crud in your neurons to continue to aggregate and the Lewy body aggregation this is this is the fundamental um stepping stone into which we've we've come to a 21st and 21st century understanding of the brain and why it begins to go go wrong that you do get dementia or you get you do get you know old age is not a pretty picture right and um you know psychoses and uh, a lot of um uh, mental illnesses are indicative of old age okay as the brain begins to break down and that's what you'll see so not just and, and let's let's get something straight here in, in case people are just saying oh nonsense neuropsychiatric disorders can be linked to this as well right so you just you're just going to trigger inflammatory and molecular and um prion cascades through all these different functional networks and it's the functional network that defines the symptoms the symptom profile that you'll express right so uh, you were going to ask a question but... no 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 that i'm just uh, agreeing and i'm just i'm nodding along there just kind of obviously take it in on what you're saying um so so if this say second phase is coming possibly even more in this way people will be listening to set going what can i do about it what can be done about it what i mean they're offering a vaccine as you say is it it's a similar dual technology it's only going to really deal with if it does anything deals with the the initial symptoms that are going to be negligible if there's a second phase of this what can people do about it right now you said hold on hold on there but really we'll end it well, on he, a nice he, note so what can people do about this no well here, here just comes the black pill richard okay so the vaccine recapitulates amino acid for amino acid the spike protein that contains these signatures of gain of function right it specifically causes your body to express those 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 proteins or, or that sequence of let's say it's a imagine a coil that you know it's very elegant in how it sort of twists around itself but the the short 
the short chains that are of amino acids. So they can be sort of 10, 12 amino acids long. If you look at the sort of furin cleavage site and the flanking episodes, uh, the flanking uh, amino acids that are neurotoxic, that mimic rabies neurotoxin, okay? They're um, even, and they'll say, well, but, you know, you don't, the, the body, when you express those genes through this gene, um, uh, gene therapy technique, okay, um, it, they'll say, oh, it, your body cuts up the the protein um, inside the cell. You don't have to worry about it. That's how uh, it doesn't it doesn't let the toxins out the cell. Well, it doesn't matter because it's these short reactive peptides sequences which are the problem, right? So you're getting your body to generate these neurotoxic sequences, but also this prion, this misfolded uh, prion binding site. And who knows what they're doing inside the cell? We don't know, okay? And anyone who tells you that they do is lying to you, okay? That They don't know. And it's a case of, well, they can just keep everyone, just keep them be quiet for now, right? Or it, it doesn't matter, right? At the, at the end of the day, you may as well just let the crowds out and go about their business anyway, because um, it, it, you're at the sort of final stretch of the um, the finishing lap of this particular uh, weapon being fired. Well, and that's not entirely true, because you can look towards Brazil with what happens when you have unfettered um, uh, transmission between groups, and you get a uh, you get a um, a, a rapid increase in um, mutations that could the mutations are potentially getting gain of function or mutations are gain of function it's just whether it's a, it's adaptive or not okay. uh, if you've frozen for me do if you can hear me or not but, no i can hear you. yeah okay so um so yeah the, the vaccines might only be conferring a short-term solution to this long-term problem and um you know the you know, keep bono in this scenario. Well, the people that can just begin keep offering you more and more therapies on top of the first one, right? Trust me, there are gene therapies out there that will promise to uh, dissolve those protein entanglements, okay? Um, and they're all sitting there waiting to um, cash in at this point, and they can do it on the back of... Um, or, or ignoring testing protocols that we had in place that um, were there to stop the runaway consequences of, um, well, you know, look at any um, any sort of Western, well, <laughs> just blame the West, but in anywhere where we've we, we've fueled it um, beyond what the, the, the natural sort of scope of thing, where we've made the reward so large, um, it incentivizes maladaptive behavior. And this is, everyone is just now going to say, well, my synthetic antibody is going to help do this. And we don't have to, the minimal animal trials is enough to get it into the uh, the medical marketplace. And it's the, it's the um, well, you know, I guess they would argue that it's like the telecommunications industry was sort of 30, 40 years ago, um, where, you know, you only had one telephone line and you had one company to deal with. Um, whereas now you can get whatever you want um, with respect to uh, phones, packages, and information on those um, with, on those devices. But 
you know, we don't even know the long-term consequences of that yet mm. in, in evolutionary terms. And we don't know the consequences in evolutionary terms of taking this approach with these therapies and these vaccines, let alone the whole idea of um, mandating it, right, such that people would cheat people will do anything and everything if they think that it's in their favor so there will be people that will just want to cheat because um they don't want to take the injection from the man and who could blame them uh considering uh history <laughs> you know with um the corporations and governments generally don't have your best interests at heart we 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 understand that we need to constrain both and um the libertarian argument of the argument fixing all uh, the market fixing all um doesn't apply in this case because you've incentivized these companies through share options and going long and short on so many uh, yeah. different variables and um, uh, uh, technologies that they just they don't care they don't care and they will do whatever it just do, just to, just so long as they keep living the dream baby and um, that's that's what we're looking at right now and I would I would say right now what the, the the thing to do is just to um you got to play the long game with these people okay um if you can right and i understand not everyone can do this um stay home right make sure you've got adequate food and water right so you're not the first ones out on the street looking looking for a, 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 an immediate short-term solution because at home you're kids are screaming because they don't have uh, food, which could potentially have, look, you started to see it last year, okay, when, you know, things stopped working, and, you know, the I can tell you, um, the toilet paper is such a apropos example of what can and can't uh, happen in, in these circumstances. And um, <laughs> where, where, where do we go from here? And like I say, my solution from this is from the very beginning, understand that the shot has been fired, right? But it's, you've got to, you've got to work with the, the weapon that's being used against you. If you, you know, um, it wasn't so long ago that Big Cheese thought that the white man bang stick was just hot air coming out the, the end, right? And so he was big and strong enough to, stand up in front of it it wouldn't matter but he didn't understand that there was a high velocity high mass projectile that he can't see uh, going through it right or, or already hitting him before he the the explosion mm. is registering with um with his uh ears um and this is what we're this is what we're doing right now is we're you just got to think in what what does a, what properties does a weapon have well there's the the loading phase well the loading phase was done by all these networks that funded and um poured money into this research and trust me on this no one's got clean hands no one okay in terms of state actors but also um uh, corporate actors as well and there's the load so the loading phase is done okay there's the the pulling of the trigger okay the pulling of the trigger was them um taking it back to Wuhan and beginning those experiments there in that particular place then the the firing pin hits the the uh, the primer boom that's it so you hear that you hear the 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 bang but like I say in 
the bang was seeing what happened as we watch people get locked in. Trust me, people got locked in in China. Okay, there were, um, but you watch people go back to, and like I say, we didn't even, we haven't even got into things like, well, how come Southeast uh, uh, Asia has done so well compared to the rest? Okay, well, um, the whole premise of um, why biological warfare was sort of knocked on its head was, well, they couldn't get a, a country or race specific weapon. Well, that's not so much the case nowadays. Yeah. Right. And um, we see that there's a race differential in the casualty figures. Okay. And um, yeah, people could argue that there's, you know, that could be dietary, etc. And um, maybe. Um, you know, and they're saying that it didn't, it hasn't hit Africa, etc. But the thing is, Africa's not geared up to deal with the uh, the initial acute phases like the West was. Whereas it, with people, and their their average population age is much younger than than the West. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're they're not at risk. Excuse me. Like uh, like our aggregate, you know, our accumulation of the old. Right, the greatest generation, uh, we called them, and we looked. We we went to great lengths to look after them, and to make them to make them comfortable. Um, but but now we're now we're in the um, the impact phase of the weapon, right? And um, so you could you know if you didn't understand guns and ballistics, you say, oh, it's just a small hole, you'll be alright. And the person was looking down at it, you know, the bullet's gone through so fast. Oh, it's just trickling. It's just trickling out a little bit of blood. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, but what they don't realize is, is that as that hits the meat and the, the bone, that it compresses and forms a shockwave to go through the body, and basically blows out a much bigger hole out the back of you, right? And the prion neurodegenerative component you could think of as the, you know, the 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 exit wound of yeah. the of the weapon, right? And we, we don't know how bad that exit wound is right now. We're still at it just impacting the body and it's beginning its tumble through the through the meat and bone. So Kevin, and where can people find you? It's a great analogy and, and that, that is, uh, people can understand that. So we're kind of like the bullets in the hole and we've got to try and f- figure out where it's going from here um kevin it's been fantastic and it's great to get other people's take on this sort of stuff and i think guys you're listening to this is going to challenge a lot of your beliefs and that's a good thing we don't know what's going on and we should also take into into account all these different things as well and and be aware as people that look into this stuff we do tend to have a confirmation bias and we do look into things that we only want to find out for reassurance purposes it's worth having to look into this so kevin where where can people find your work where can people join you on youtube find your videos and, and find out more about what you're you're proposing uh so uh, if you can if they don't keep they take my channels down a lot but if you can just <laughs> punch my name into uh youtube i should come up um there's a chat there's the regular channel there's channel two um from there um you can find a link to my website my website is mccann dojo so m double c a i r n dojo like karate dojo d o j o dot com um and uh discord is a good place to reach me i kind of hang on there and um i i i try to answer everyone's questions as um 
quickly and forthrightly as possible. And uh, on the Discord, you meet a whole bunch of people that um, you know have been listening and can answer a lot of these questions. Um, because you know we've been, like I say, been, it's about learning how to make your way through this uh, data. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, again, I'm, I'm on there, but um, if I stay up there, it's um, by the luck of the draw each day. So um, <laughs> there's, uh, they they want to keep uh, they want to keep me quiet, and um, like I say there's a you know there's a there's a way through it. It's not it's not all doom and gloom um but part of that is um as these big forces are making moves um don't engage with this system don't give it your data okay when you're going down and um they want you to go and riot and demonstrate in the streets and get because this machine uh, metaphysical level if you like it just deals in data and um projections and um any data is good data right and so in so what you're trying to do is just obfuscate their data collection. So don't don't um, don't get involved. And you know if there's someone that's speaking up, um, you know let that person do the speaking up. So long as they're not speaking nonsense, like we've seen uh, again and again in the United Kingdom, and they've played the United Kingdom so well, it's it's unbelievable for me to sort of sit back and. Oh no, I don't. It's not that I don't. Uh, I don't believe it, but um, yeah, to. Um, like we saw the contradictions of the the communist system break down and you, you saw and eventually that resulted in the berlin war you're seeing the the contradictions of the western uh, approach the the intrinsic um sorry contradictions uh, manifest themselves and the there isn't the order um or, or not that order is the wrong word um it's too chaotic, generally, to to um, everyone. The ego boundary of everyone is so large that everyone's just going to say and do what they want. And um, most, um, you know, if people can't get down the pub, etc., um, they feel affronted in some way. You know, it's a personal uh, assault on their very being. I guess is one way of thinking about it. Um, but um, all it says we don't know right now and anyone who's telling you that they know x y or z um particularly with respect to the um long-term effects of the vaccine etc uh, they don't they don't know right and all, all we do know history tells us what's happening there's some people getting very rich right now off all of this right um they they know the patterns okay and um don't get caught up don't 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 give them what they want would be my advice okay guys thank you kevin for your time it's been fantastic so guys comment below um i'm sure you've got a lot of questions for kevin so i'll put all the links below um that he mentioned before so you can find his work kevin thank you for your time guys it's glitching the code on iconic.com and you'll see this on youtube bit shoot and all the other ones that i managed to pop it on before i'm deleted as well so Kevin, I really appreciate your time. It's great to meet you as well. It's great to get information that I would not have heard before. I'm, as I say, I'm always open to hearing new things. I want what we all want. We all want to get through this safely with everyone being okay. And that's what we're all yeah. aiming at. So, guys, cheers. Take care. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. I'm unapologetically fly. I don't wonder why. That's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, That's just my... Uh, 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 come on. Yeah, yeah.